0: Tonight on NJ Spotlight News. It's election day in New Jersey and all eyes are on District 3. Can Republican Senator Ed Dur repeat his shocker of a win?
1: It's not impossible for Dur to make up 7,000 votes on election day and he needs a big vote out of today.
0: Plus, culture wars in District 11. Parental rights and offshore wind are the hot button issues as Democratic incumbent Vin Gopal battles to hold on to his seat.
2: Everybody knew for the last two years, District 11 was gonna be the hottest, if not just certainly one of the hottest races coming into 2023's election.
0: Also, ramping up the youth vote, Monmouth University students look for ways to increase voter engagement across the state's campuses
1: they don't feel that their voices are heard, right? And it kind of creates this vicious cycle where if candidates aren't paying attention to them, they're not going to turn out to vote.
0: And it all comes down to voter turnout. With all 120 legislative seats hanging in the balance, will New Jerseyans show up at the polls to change the balance of power in Trenton?
1: They've defined the narrative and the Democrats have been shown to be on defense.
0: NJ Spotlight News begins right now.
3: Funding for NJ Spotlight News is provided by NJM Insurance Group, serving the insurance needs of residents and businesses for more than 100 years. Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association, and by the PSEG Foundation. From NJPBS, this is NJ Spotlight News with Brianna Vanozzi.
0: Good evening and thanks for joining us this Tuesday night. I'm Brianna Vanozzi. It's Election Day in New Jersey. The polls are open until 8 p.m., but already the State Division of Elections has recorded more than 545,000 early votes, be it by mail or from the early in-person option now available. Residents are deciding key races in the Senate, Assembly, local county and school board seats. Control of power in Trenton is at stake, with both Democrats and Republicans hoping to make gains. One of the hottest races to watch is in South Jersey's 3rd District, where, just two years ago, the GOP made political history, wiping Democratic Senate President Steve Sweeney and his assembly slate. Out of the state house, flipping the district red with a political newcomer, Ed Dur, better known as Ed the Trucker. Well, now Dur is fighting to hold on to his Senate seat against former longtime Democratic Assemblyman John Berzicelli. As senior correspondent Brenda Flanagan reports, the race is expected to come down to the wire.
2: I'm counting on uh, hopefully a 25 to 30 percent, at least.
0: Republican
4: incumbent Ed Doerr showed up to vote in his hometown, hoping enough folks cast ballots in this low-key off-off-year election to help him keep the Senate seat he seized in a surprise upset from Steve Sweeney a couple years ago. Durer, who's deeply conservative, lists parental notification and affordability as key issues.
2: It's just affordability. New Jersey has not been affordable for anybody. That's why everybody's leaving.
4: But in campaign ads, Democrats have slammed Durer for his 2020 anti-abortion comments on Facebook that a woman, quote, does have a choice, keep her legs closed. Words so controversial, even fellow Republican candidates in other districts distanced themselves from Durer. But to Today, day Dor- denied he ever said it.
2: That's alive because I didn't do it.
4: The Facebook comments you're saying you didn't make them.
2: No, I didn't make them. That was not me. No.
4: Who was it?
2: I, I don't know and I'm not. I'm not concerned with it. I'm not concerned with the whole past because that 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 was before. I was even a senator.
5: Those statements are his, not mine. Uh, so and he has to answer for them. And whether or not that'll be reflective in what this vote is today remains to be seen.
4: Democrat John Berzicelli's running to flip LD3 back from red to blue. The 10-term former Assemblyman lost when voters here swept Sweeney from office. Now he wants to return to Trenton on the Senate side. He says this is a different race.
5: The Democrat base feels more engaged Two years ago, they felt they felt sort of distant, uh, not hostile, but distant. This year, it's been a much different reception on doors. Having that base active uh, can make the difference in a low turnout year.
4: Voter turnout, as expected, is very light. As for votes already cast and in, in the bank, berzicelli has got a seven thousand vote advantage.
1: It's not impossible for Dur to make up 7,000 votes on election day. He'd have to get about 61% of all the votes that are coming out today. um, And he needs a big vote out of today.
4: Ryder University's Michael Rasmussen says that's a lot in an off-off year election, as for Durr's sudden disavowal of the abortion comments.
1: I'm a little skeptical. I'm not saying I don't believe the senator. I'm saying that it's interesting that we're only hearing this this defense on election day.
4: What do voters think? This is a conservative district. Despite having 10,000 more registered Democrats, one voter mentioned Duer's abortion statement. I
6: mean, for him to make such insensitive statements like that, it's kind of rough.
4: But you voted for him anyway.
6: Yeah, I know I did. I, I like John Kelly too, but it's just a 50-50 shot at that point.
5: I'm voting for Birch Kelly because I figure he would do a good job. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What makes you think that? Uh, because I knew him for a lot of years. I grew up with him.
1: Price of gas, food, everything is so high. I just couldn't vote for Democrats. What ba- Not that the local guys are bad, but uh, you got to follow the party.
4: This district voted against Phil Murphy and for Donald Trump, and it was redrawn to benefit Republicans. The turnout today looks very sparse. In Logan Township, I'm Brenda Flanagan, NJ Spotlight News.
0: Republicans are also hoping to unseat the last remaining Democrat along the Jersey Shore. In District 11, incumbent Democratic Senator Vingo Paul is fighting for his political life. The legislative district is one of only two in the state, split between the parties. It's also become the most expensive race of the election cycle, as culture war issues dominate the campaigns. Senior Correspondent Joanna Gagas reports from Monmouth County.
7: He's a lone Democrat in a sea of Republicans. Senator Vingo Pal, who managed to hold on to his Senate seat in the last election, even as his two running mates lost to Republicans, the two term senator is fighting for his political life now in the 11th district.
2: Everybody knew for the last two years, District 11 was going to be the hottest, if not just certainly one of the hottest races coming into 2023's election.
7: Gopal's been a moderate voice in the Senate as chair of the Education Committee. He says bipartisanship is the it factor that's helped him gain the support of Republicans here in Monmouth County.
6: I've always believed in bipartisanship working across the aisle. I'm proud to be the state senator with the most bills with Republican sponsors. When my party is right, I stand with them. And when my party is wrong, I work against them.
7: Gopal is challenged by Stephen Denistrian, a Republican who was once a Democrat and is running on issues like Parents rights in schools, law and order, and making New Jersey more affordable. He hasn't responded to our requests to include him in this story. He's also made it through the campaign without ever saying where he stands on key issues like abortion and his support for Donald Trump. But in District 11, culture wars playing out in school districts are riling up the Republican base. Three Monmouth County districts have policies that require educators to inform parents if a student comes out as transgender. Those districts have been sued by murphy
2: administration it's relevant in particular in district 11 because the lawsuits are going on right in that county Uh, and so it brings it home
6: for voters i think a lot of this is as i've said over and over a manufactured political crisis we have 600 school districts and uh the the Folks like my opponent, Steve Denistrian, and his running mates are using this to try to instill fear in parents. The reality, as a father of a daughter, uh, uh, there is nothing that is going on in our school districts that are being hidden from parents. There is nothing that is being inappropriately taught in our school districts.
7: The other key issue motivating Monmouth voters, offshore wind, residents blaming it for the deaths of countless marine mammals, despite a lack of evidence, and they're concerned about its impact on the tourism economy. Orsted recently dealt a blow to Democrats by pulling out of its state project. And despite once profiting off a company that was vying for a piece of offshore wind, Denistrian wasted no time pinning that one on Gopal, saying in a post on X this weekend, Vin Gopal is running from his voting record on wind. You can't run from your incessant lies anymore.
6: This was a bad bill. That the governor signed, which I voted against.
7: This race in the 11th is the most expensive in New Jersey. A super PAC called Strengthen Our State, funded by the head of the state Republican Party, Bob Hugan, has spent some big bucks on mailers like this one, accusing Gopal of not being liberal enough for Democrats. Politico says both sides have fundraised and spent about six million total. As for how the remainder of the day will be spent, after checking in with a local IBW union in Wall, Gopal says he's hit the phones to get every person he can reach out to vote.
6: Every vote is going to matter. Thank you guys.
7: A win tonight would make Gopal the first Democrat to be reelected to a third term here in this district, but with such low voter turnout, this race could come down to just a couple hundred votes. In Wall Township, I'm Joanna Gagis and Jay Spotlight News.
0: This off-year election is considered the midterm for Governor Murphy's second and final term in office. Despite that, turnout is expected to be low. Analysts are expecting numbers to mirror legislative races held in 2019, where just 27 percent of the electorate cast a ballot. Raven Santana is in central Jersey, where another key legislative race has been heating up, and asked voters what's driving them to the polls.
8: For the past several years, we've all been shouting at the top of our lungs, this needs to change. So the only way these changes can occur is if people come out and cast their votes. Flemington resident Mary Beth Walsh was just one of a handful of people that headed to the township of Raritan's municipal court to cast her vote. Despite there being no presidential governor or mayoral races on the ballot this election day, locally, there are high profile elections on the top of the ballot that have motivated both Republican and Democratic residents to come out and vote.
5: I have an 18-month-old, so that's really important to me these days locally. I'd like the teachers to keep their opinions out of the classroom Was a big thing to me. You know, one of the um, red herrings out there, you know, is the um, um, women's health. I'll just, it's a broad spectrum which affects children. And I'm really disturbed that there are people out there who are very ill-informed about what it means to protect women's health, that they're willing to put women's lives in danger Mm -hmm. because of a medical, necessary medical procedures. In fact, I understand their personal positions, but the whole point of the United States is for you to make choices for you and your family. Don't make them for mine.
8: Still with so many hot button issues this election, the voter turnout here in Raritan Township was disappointing for some. Do you think there's gonna be a big turnout? Today? Yeah.
5: I would love to say yes, because we've been canvassing and we've been encouraging people, but no. It's, it's just an off year and I don't know what's wrong with people, why they're just
8: not out there to vote. I mean, it, it, cherish and love and, and use that right. About 40 minutes away in Princeton, voters echoed the same sentiments. And this is our second time here in that we got some papers that we were just
4: uh, returning. Uh, and it was not terribly crowded, and I have no idea whether uh, there's been a big turnout. I was encouraged by the number of cars, but that may be for something else. In this case, are the city uh, or town council, municipal council, you know, what the, the decisions they make have an effect on a lot. And ultimately that works up to the top too, so.
8: Officials in Princeton admitted that despite three different ways to vote, in person early, by mail, or in person on election day, voter turnout remained low. The voter turnout has been I would not say very high, but a- average. We have about 15,238 voters as of right now, uh, which is um, and that would just be voting today. We had another 16,000 people vote through uh, vote by mail that have been returned so far. So that is uh, probably on the lower side. So when we get 16,000 back, it's not a bad turnout, not a bad return. It's almost you know half. It's close to it. So um, we did well with the- that and i would say that Early voting was our lowest, and it seems to be that way all over the state. Unfortunately, um, it's still not known.
2: I'm kind of slowly but surely kind of losing faith just in the
5: um, election uh, process uh, due to just being disappointed with uh, promises that were made that end up not being
8: made. Still, despite your frustrations or concerns, almost everyone I spoke with agreed. The best way to change anything is to go out and vote, and you still have time to do so up until 8 p.m. Spotlight News,
0: I'm Raven Santana. According to a new Rutgers-Eagleton poll out today, it's not the mudslinging over national culture wars that matters most to New Jersey voters. Turns out it's taxes and the economy, of course. The poll finds a combined 40 percent of those surveyed named fiscal issues as the biggest factor behind their vote today, from property taxes and inflation to the cost of living and affordability. According to the survey, pocketbook issues could be the deciding factor this year, or will they? For more on that, I'm joined by our senior political correspondent, David Cruz, and senior writer, Colleen O'Day. All right, David and Colleen, welcome. A big night ahead of us. So this Eagleton poll kind of flies in the face of what pundits have been saying all along. Colleen, I mean, 40% when you combine it from those who were surveyed say, it's the economy, stupid.
5: Yeah, and we should all be remembering that. And as Ashley Koenig from, Rucker has pointed out uh, that almost lost Murphy the election two years ago. Right. Not not concentrating on that. So um, this time around, the Democrats really have in their mailers and their ads been focused a lot on the tax breaks, anchor state stay and Jay. Though who knows when that might happen. Um, but I mean the, the the thing that I think that it seems most interesting about that is that these this is when you ask the person. You, this is not the do you think X issue is important. This was asking. What issue do you think is important? And, and that's fiscal issues came out on top.
0: Yeah, when they asked uh, those who were polled individually about these certain topics, Moore said that these so-called culture war issues mattered. But David, I mean, to the extent that you've covered it, have Republicans or Democrats seized this moment of the issues that are really gonna galvanize voters?
1: I think to the extent that um, issues matter to voters, Uh, Republicans have really cleaned the Democrats' clock all summer long, whether it's wind, keep your hands off my uh, gas stoves, uh, trans teens, parental notification, all of those things. They've defined the narrative. And the Democrats have been shown to be on defense. I mean, when you have the Senate president, the Assembly Speaker, Um, all saying, uh, hold up, Governor, we don't necessarily agree with you on you name it. Um, That means you're you're, at least the narrative from your side is a little off.
0: They were forced to take some difficult positions on issues that maybe they would not have had to. All right. So, Colleen, um, all of this is happening under the shadow of a newly drawn uh, map. Why does that matter? for this election? So it matters for a
5: number of reasons. For one thing, a lot of people are going to be going into the polling place today and saying, hmm, what district am I in? I didn't used to be in this district, Um, and not seeing any familiar name, perhaps. Whereas you know, in the past, if you've always voted for a certain person, you might just click his lever. Well, that may not be there this time, so that may put incumbents at a little bit of a disadvantage. The map that was adopted was a compromise map. And so it was supposed to help Democrats in certain districts and help Republicans in certain districts. What's happened, though, in the last two years, since the last election, is that there there has been an increase in Republican, uh, a greater increase in Republican registration. So we've got... um, 29 districts where the democrats actually have a smaller percent of uh, registered voters than they did two years ago Uh, that's certainly not going to help them Hmm. Uh, republicans on the other hand have a greater percentage of the voter registration than they did Two years ago,
0: but Democrats still outnumber Republican voters, Absolutely. two to one. So, so David, then does early voting make a big difference here?
1: I think when we look back at this election, we're going to see that this was the beginning of a transition. What it ends up becoming, I'm not sure. But uh, Republicans are now starting to um, get the message that vote by mail works if you work it, um, and early voting is something that they could use to their advantage. They've been uh, handicapping themselves by criticizing these modes of election, but they're here to stay. uh, And so now they're going to have to start to get better at it. And I think that we'll see now also election campaigning and stuff starting sooner because everybody's voting, you know, a month ahead of election day. So I think that's going to be interesting to see. It already starts so soon. (laughs) All right,
0: David Cruz, Colleen O'Day. Thank you. Uh, Stick around. We will see you later tonight. Yep. Thank you. For more reporting on all of the campaign issues, which candidate is running in your district and where you can vote, head to njspotlightnews.org and click on the NJ Decides 2023 tab for all your election needs. And make sure you join us right here tonight for our live election night coverage, beginning with David Cruz at 8 p.m. Then I'll take over with a team of reporters and analysts starting at 9 p.m. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is for the first time offering insight on future plans to control Gaza, warning that Israel is aiming to take over the Gaza Strip when the Israel-Hamas conflict ends. If that happens, the plan appears to fall short of a full reoccupation, which is something the U.S. and other countries say would be a step too far. Meanwhile, the United Nations is reporting some 5,000 people fled on foot to southern Gaza during a four-hour window on Monday. According to the Hamas run health ministry, more than 10,000 Palestinians have been killed, including over 4,000 children, since the fighting began October 7th. That was following the Hamas led attack that killed more than 1,400 Israelis. The World Health Organization documented five attacks on five hospitals in Gaza City just days ago. Israeli defense forces say those attacks targeted Hamas leaders. Here at home, the Jewish Federation of Greater Metro West recently held events in Montclair to increase calls for the release of 240 hostages being held in Gaza, while Palestinian New Jersey leaders are encouraging Palestinians to go out and vote today to remind officials of their presence in the state date. In our Spotlight on Business report, the fallout continues from the collapse of Orsted's offshore wind plans in New Jersey. The Danish developer is now reportedly trying to get out of a $300 million guarantee it agreed to pay the state if it failed to build a wind farm off the coast. According to the Associated Press, Orsted, an underwriter of NJ Spotlight News, sent a letter to the Board of Public Utilities withdrawing from the agreement, saying the BPU never officially approved the deal and the. the. The company is now no longer pursuing the tax incentives related to the project. The Murphy administration in July approved a tax break that would have allowed Orsted to keep federal tax credits that would otherwise be returned to ratepayers if the project was built. The BPU, though, it disagrees. The state agency claims an escrow agreement was made with Orsted in late September, and a guarantee agreement was formalized in October. Orsted announced last week the company is pulling out of its two offshore wind projects here due to rising costs. The decision has cast a shadow over the emerging industry. and could be a factor in today's election. On Wall Street, investors are building on this November rally. Here's today's closing trading numbers.
3: Support for the Business Report provided by the New Jersey Tourism Industry Association. NJTIA will host their New Jersey Conference on Tourism November 30th through December 1st at Resorts, Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. NJTIA.org for event information.
0: And finally tonight, if this is a low turnout election, as expected, youth voter involvement could have a significant impact. Organizers have been ramping up efforts at college campuses across the state to register more first-time voters and spark their interest in local elections. Ted Goldberg visited a political science class at Monmouth University, where one of the state's most expensive and competitive legislative races is playing out, to find out what's sending young voters
9: to the polls. As New Jerseyans head to the polls today, don't expect
1: young people to make up much of the votes. They don't feel that their voices are heard. Right? And it, it kind of creates this vicious cycle where if candidates aren't paying attention to them, they're not going to turn out to vote. Elected officials will continuously not pay attention to the issues that are important to them.
9: Steve Chapman is a political science professor at Monmouth, and he thinks young voters will turn out in low numbers statewide. He teaches a course about the history and function of America's party system. And while he isn't demanding that his students vote, he hopes his class will make them more likely to pull the lever.
1: My main goal is to make these students better educated, right, and and hopefully from that, they will find the importance of voting. I
6: really, like a lot of people, don't really know how the government operates, so I thought this would be a good, uh, you know, stepping stone towards understanding, you know, the intricacies of legislation. I
0: actually didn't have much information on local elections or anything like that. Obviously, presidential elections were mainly focused on. We touched base on that in AP government courses, but nothing locally. Uh, so I really wanted to take this class to understand the bits and pieces that aren't really looked at as much.
9: Veronica Beloso is one of about 15 students in the class. She's directly involved in one of the big races today as she interned and currently volunteers for the re-election campaign for Vingo Pal. Beloso says reaching out to young voters was a big part of her work, and it wasn't easy.
0: In college, we have a pretty heavy workload that tends to, you know, cause some issues with free time. I know that I'm pretty active on campus. I'm involved with around five clubs, and I have some jobs on the side. So it's definitely difficult to make time, even though it could be pretty quick.
4: Younger people, Gen Z, even millennials need to stop being so apathetic that they don't need to be on Affiliated with one party or the other, but they just really need to get their say out.
9: Michelle Reimar is from Oldbridge and she's voting there today. She's seen how contentious school board meetings have become, and education is one of the issues inspiring her to vote.
4: I want to vote in people that actually care for their education, uh, care for who they are, care for their identities, and just promote being educated and not being <laughs> nutty.
9: Chapman says students tend to focus on national issues rather than local concerns. But there are plenty of things students consider during campaign season.
4: I'm just sick of seeing the constant construction, the the deforestation of trees, the building of luxury apartments everywhere, and the subsequent traffic that goes with it.
6: I look for a candidate who, of course, has those similar
9: ideas as I do. Um, Whatever those may be, uh, doesn't have to be left, doesn't have to be right. 2019 was the last year New Jersey voters could choose assembly members, but not a governor. And the turnout that year was 27%. We'll see if New Jersey's voters do better after the dust settles this week. At Monmouth University, I'm Ted Goldberg, NJ Spotlight News.
0: And that does it for us. But don't forget to download the NJ Spotlight News podcast so you can listen anytime. And make sure you tune in to our live election night coverage starting at 8 p.m. I'm Brianna Vinozzi. For the entire NJ Spotlight News team, thanks for being with us. We'll see you in a bit.
3: The members of the New Jersey Education Association, making public schools great for every child. RWJ Barnabas Health, let's be healthy together. And Horsted, committed to the creation of a new long term sustainable clean energy future for New Jersey.